everybody. Welcome to the Busted Business Bureau podcast. My name is Christian Borky. This podcast is sponsored by the Lincoln Lodge, where we are currently sitting. And my guest is so amazing. I'm so excited to have him on. It is Karsten Runquist. Say hi. Hi. Good to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Karsten, it, what a delight it is to have you on this specific episode yeah. of the Busted Business Bureau podcast. Karsten for kids. Yeah. I- <laughs> Not to spoil it, but... (laughs) You've spoiled about one minute into the future, so I hope everybody's happy. (laughs) This episode is, in fact, about cars for kids. Um, What a delightful topic. Karsten, initially, what are your impressions of cars for kids? What do you know about it? It's always been like kind of a mysterious thing for me. I've seen billboards all over the place. If I'm not mistaken, we'll learn later, but they're a Minnesota thing, maybe. I just know they're a big thing in Minnesota. Um, and I, I heard the theme song many times, We, I, but I never actually knew what it meant. I, I never actually... This is so interesting to hear. Yeah. And the only person who finds it interesting right now is me, <laughs> that you find it a big deal being from Minnesota. Because it is. But it's it is. not It's not based out of Minnesota. Mm. It's just had some beef with Minnesota. That's so good. Right? Okay. This is great. <laughs> okay. So for those listening at home, Cars for Kids has aggressive nationwide marketing. And the theme song is 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS, K-A-R-S, Cars for Kids. Mm-hmm. 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS, donate your car today. Most people know the jingle. They don't know where your money goes once you donate. Um, one of the funniest things about Cars for Kids initially to me is that their social media presence is fucking ludicrous. <laughs> As in, a lot of people like make fun of the theme song because it's annoying, it's catchy, it's whatever. And every time it's on like a TV show, the Cars for Kids media team will record it and put it on their social media. They'll be like, we were on Family Guy. <laughs> Post the clip. We share it on their stories, you know. It literally... Yeah, they're oh. so fucking funny. And credit where credit is due. Wendy Curran is the uh, K-I-R-W-A-N. Kerwan? Kur- yeah, Kwan, Kwan. Wendy Kerwan is the director of communications. And I wanted to get more specific to see if there's like a social media manager mm-hmm. to um, find. There's no hits. But when you type in social media on the Cars for Kids LinkedIn, three separate people have cars as their profile <laughs> picture. <laughs> One of whom is the fictional tow truck from Cars. Oh, my God. That is... <laughs> So they're committed to the bit. Yeah. <laughs> Car heads. <They're, laughs> they picked a great industry. <laughs> Anyways, because clearly there's an employee who searches cars for kids mm-hmm. daily on social media and then reposts it, I'm so horrified they're going to find this. They 100% are going to find this. And so in the effort of, in case they're particularly litig- litigious, um, this is not a bash piece about cars for kids. <laughs> I want to treat this more like an onion mm-hmm. because a lot of people know the outer layer of what cars for kids is, but literally where does your money go and who's associated with cards for kids it's putting that puzzle together if you will yeah um so this is not to say like don't donate your money to cards for kids they're terrible or whatever um so Um. getting that out of the way don't sue me (laughs) (laughs) okay i want to first answer the burning question that everyone asks me when i tell them i'm going to do this fucking episode what Mm -hmm. is a car donation does a child literally literally receive your car yeah no no No, (laughs) um a child does not literally receive your car um what, the way you donate a car to any charity organization um, is easy enough if they know what they're doing. Cars for Kids does. What needs to be explained is that you give them your car, they pay somebody to either tow it or resell it um, or just scrap it for parts. And the money they get from reselling it or scrapping it for parts is the money that will then be donated to the organization. 
So they don't literally do anything with your car other than sell it. And if you wanted to, you could just sell it yourself and give the money directly to the organization. Right. But the reason why you don't do that is because once you donate to the organization, you get a tax write-off, which is also what's in the commercial when, like, there's, like, a little kid fake playing the violin. It's like, you get a tax deduction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so that is the mutually beneficial relationship to you to, like, give your car two cars for kids specifically. Just for the write-off. For the write-off. What is interesting about um, the tax write-off part of the cars for kidsing... Here we go. ...is that... um, you don't actually receive a lot um, mm. of a tax deduction because if you're a normal person, you don't itemize your taxes. Yeah. And for, you know what? I'll talk about it later. <laughs> I wrote Whoa. it all down. It's like three the pages edge of, the of my seat. <laughs> Do you want to guess how many cars they received in 2019? Oh, Jesus. Um, th- th- this could be anywhere from like, I- I'm going to say like se- 70,000. They received 145,072 cars for a total of $67,275,147 oh in the year of our Lord 2019, <laughs> which is the last time they released a Form 990, which is like a thing nonprofits have to release. Mm-hmm. Um, guess how many boats? Oh, Jesus, boats. I'm going to say like 20,000? No, it was only 1,693 okay. for a total of $1,216. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, 1,216,665. I can't read. Guess how many houses? Houses? <laughs> houses for kids? <laughs> uh, seven. Um, yeah, seven? It's seven. seven? Okay. For a total of $239,000. Okay. The way that boats and house donations, uh, you could also do like land donations. Yeah. And it works the exact same way where you give up a piece of land, it's resold, that money goes to Cars for Kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I did put together a little page for you to look at. Oh, thank um, you. Of some cars that were sold recently to Cars for Kids. A 2014 GMC Terrain by Andrea K. nine days ago. Um, a, tw- a 2009 Dodge Journey by Timothy S. Wow. Also nine days ago. A yeah. 2007 Hyundai Elantra by Michael F. Damn. Um, there's a multifamily residence in Kankakee, Illinois, that was recently donated to Cars for Kids. It is a slice of fucking paradise yeah. that the Cars for Kids team has received. It is very exciting for them. Oh my gosh. I thought you were going to show me that page and be like, oh my God, that's my car. Like, how did they, how did they get it? <laughs> that's great. So that is the kind of stuff you are allowed to donate to Cars for Kids. Mm. But I do want to talk about the taxes now. Once you've gone ahead and given up your 2010 Nissan Cube or whatever, mm-hmm. the next part is that you'll get either a vacation voucher or a tax deduction. Okay. Um, and if you want to claim a car donation to reduce your federal income taxes, you have to itemize deductions. You could itemize even if the donated auto is your only deduction, but that's usually not the best choice. Here's the math, and this is from a USA Today article from Peter Garafa Edmonds. Thank you, Bestie. Here's the math. Suppose you're in the 28% tax bracket and the allowable deduction for the vehicle's donation is $1,000. That will save you $280 in taxes. Um, if the car donation is your only deduction, it's likely that taking a standard deduction would save you thousands of dollars more in taxes. The only way that donating a car nets you any tax benefit is if you have many deductions that in their total, including the car, exceeds the standard deduction. Mm-hmm. I don't think you understood any of those words, and that's not your fault. I mean, I understood a good amount. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand fucking anything when it comes to taxes, but basically, yeah. if, it se- if the car sells for a certain amount, you're allowed to take a certain amount out of your taxes. Usually, your car sells for fucking shit, yeah. <laughs> and so it doesn't make 
make a difference. And since your car usually sells for shit, unless you're itemizing a bunch of other stuff, it's just not worth it to like take yeah. out your taxes because nobody's itemizing mm-hmm. it who's a normal person. <laughs> so why would you do it? Like, um, you would, I guess, do it for the kids, for the community. <laughs> Think about the kids. For the idea <laughs> that you are helping somebody out. Um, the free vacation voucher is much more appealing than the tax write-off. Um, but I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, but that begs the question, mm-hmm. what did you actually contribute to once you've donated your car to Cars for Kids? Because you're not really getting much of a tax thing off of it. So what are the kids that you're helping? I'll cut directly to the chase. The primary beneficiaries of Cars for Kids donation are Orthodox Jewish children living in the New York and New Jersey general area. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about their uh, specific programming and goals later, but it's important to note that despite the nationwide fundraising campaigns, little to no children in other states receive any benefits from cars. For that kids. is hilarious. <laughs> it's so fucking what? funny. So remember that 67 million figure? Yeah. That's all for New York and New Jersey Orthodox Jewish children. Oh my. <laughs> Which, um, this. I think that's iconic and legendary. It's hilarious. But great bit. If you live in the state of Oregon or Pennsylvania or Minnesota, you might be a little bit upset about that because you have specific laws um, against somebody advertising uh, or not spe- specifying in their advertisements what the money's going to. Right. So yeah. there are two. If you're a, re- a religious listener already of the podcast, you'd be surprised to hear that I'm already going to bring up litigation. But here it comes. Um, <laughs> I'm unable to find the documents on the Attorney's General online databases, but allegedly, Oregon and Pennsylvania AGs each settled in court with Cars for Kids over misleading donor practices. Mm-hmm. They were like, you don't specify that this is for Orthodox Jewish children in New York and New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> you can't advertise here. Yeah. Um, and so they had given up uh, over $100,000 to each of those states, which is not a huge chunk of money. Right. Minnesota, the Minnesota Attorney General goes fucking insane <laughs> she goes so hard on this um and that is like the biggest um suit i guess against cars for kids yeah because she like did the math it's like maybe one minnesotan child has ever benefited from a cars for kids <laughs> program and like you know a lot of minnesotans donate to cars for kids as do a lot of people in a yeah. lot of states so that is why you probably know about it being from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. It's because it was a big deal in Minnesota. Yeah. Um, it was like a big deal lawsuit. <sighs> so that's pretty interesting. I will say, though, the reason why I'm putting this at the beginning is because it's not the full story. And I don't think the most interesting thing about Cards for Kids is that it's for Jewish children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, even if the lawsuits are not necessarily about being anti-Semitic, the responses to them online certainly are. Yeah. They're like, I can't believe it's for Jewish children. Like, that's the bad yeah. part, you know? Worth it to mention that in some states, Cars for Kids has been, you know, litigated over for misleading donor practices. Yeah. Which is funny. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um, but I felt like I needed to mention that because of all the coverage I've seen, especially, oh God, there was one from like The Friendly Atheist on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, and it was like, it's actually Jewish. And so think about when you're donating to something religious. Oh, my God. And it's like, it's like no, man, I think Orthodox Jewish children should have summer camps. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just enjoy it's not <laughs> the issue here. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where we're starting in the story. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> basically what I also need to say is that Part of the litigation as well is that Cars for Kids doesn't do a lot of programming under the Cars for Kids name. Mm. If you go on the website, you'll find that they donate 
most of their money to another charity called URA. Oh, that rings a bell. I remember this one. <laughs> yeah, so I, I gave Carson like a skeleton version of this like months ago. And so I think it's lighting up things in his brain. I oorah stuck. <laughs> Just let it be known. <laughs> of the things I retained. Yeah. Oorah. Um, so oorah. I'm sure you're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> For the listeners Break at home. Break it down. Um, oorah has existed since 1980, and its mission has always been very clearly stated, to enrich the lives of Orthodox Jewish children and connect them more deeply to their heritage. That's on their website. Mm-hmm. Um, it was founded by Rabbi Chaim Mintz and is now run by his son, Eliyahu Mintz, who is also the, the main dude, the founder of Cars for Kids. Mm. And he currently runs both of the nonprofits. Eliyahu Mintz is like the main character. He's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy you're going to want to know. Um, he, I, I was going to save this for the end, but he has like several different websites like eliahumans.com.org.net that all have different content <laughs> <What>? on them. <laughs> what? You would think so he, good. You think he'd want to put it all on one website yeah. or just redirect it to Nah, he's got different places for different things. <laughs> like one of them's about like politics and the other one's about like his business history and the other one's like a blog. <laughs> like so funny. I've never met a funnier man. Oh my god. <laughs> Anyways, the thing is, Cars for Kids mostly acts as a fundraising wing a fundraising wing, got mm-hmm. it, yeah. for URA. And URA acts as a programming wing of Cars for Kids. I would say that's sort of the symbiotic relationship between them. URA hosts a variety of summer camps, offers scholarships to Jewish schools, etc. Um, so circling back to Cars for Kids, their publicly accessible Form 990 consistently shows the following breakdown. About 40 to 50% of Cars for Kids revenue is directly straight into URA. Like it just mm-hmm. goes straight there. Um, they write a fat check every year for just URA. About 10 to 20% of Cars for Kids revenue goes to like staffing, overhead, uh, rent. Yeah. The things that you would need to run the nonprofit that are not actually running the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. As in like paying the CEO, paying the CFO, doing stuff like that. Right. Um, and again, rent. Uh, the other 30 plus percent goes into literally advertising. <laughs> <laughs> Those jingles, you know. It's literally just getting the jingles into as many ears as possible. <laughs> they spend an atrocious amount yeah. on advertising. I'm just now remembering, it was like a big thing in like Spotify ads and stuff. Like I feel like yeah. that's where a lot of those jingles came from. I Spotify just, premium. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Look at you. But it, it, it's, it's literally though everywhere. Yeah. It is on billboards. Can't avoid it. There's at least two billboards that I pass consistently that have Cars for Kids stuff mm-hmm. on them. And I don't go more than like seven miles <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um... So that is a ton to spend on just advertising, which some people have a problem with. I Mm -hmm. think it's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And instead of, for whatever reason, just putting URA and Cars for Kids together, they still remain legally separate entities. Yeah. Um, And so let's talk about URA. Let's talk about the very beginning. Restart the theme music. We're talking about a different nonprofit now. (laughs) It's a different thing. Hi, this is Christian Borky, Busted Business Bureau Podcast. (laughs) Um. Okay, so again, URA was founded in 1980, Rabbi Mintz. Rabbi Hyamintz's work started before URA. It, whatever, who cares? Yeah, no, one, no, one cares. no one cares. I don't want to harp on this too much, but URA has a lot, and I mean a lot, of different programs that, like, <laughs> for some reason are all under the same roof. <laughs> um, they have parochial schools, Torah classes, various summer camps, which are, like, the bread and butter of the organization, and a matchmaking service that boasts <laughs> over 2,414 dates and over 1,368 engagements. <laughs> What? 
they're really serious about matching up Jewish, like Orthodox Jewish singles who want to be married right fucking yeah. now. You can get a mentor. They put you on speed dates. They put you on blind dates. They will, and it's also for networking. Oh my! Can it's, I know the name? It's of called Rebetzins. R e b b e t z i n s. Rebetzins. Wow. It's got its own website, uh, as is the theme for most of the stories. Like, yeah. Too many things have their own website. A lot of websites. <laughs> totally. This is brought to you by Squarespace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, your fans are going to love that one. Yeah, they're going to eat that one up. That's, <laughs> that's um, so, again, Rebetzins is fucking hilarious. And I want to, once again, point out the fact that when you donate a car to Cars for Kids, yeah. part of it goes to matchmaking Jewish singles <laughs> who are not children. <laughs> they're like full-grown adults. <laughs> oh, so, that shit's funny. Um, they also have a for-profit venture called Kirby Card and Cucumber Communications, which are cell phone providers. <laughs> Cucumber? Cucumber Communications. <laughs> oh, God. The, Why? They have some jingle, and I don't remember it, but it's really stupid. <laughs> they have for-profit cell phone cell phone providers to, like, raise money for URA, and it's on the website. Like, you go on, yeah. and it's like, it's, if you buy a cell phone with us, the profits go to URA. I don't know why Dog. I think this is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Dog what? It's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny. I'm I'm like trying to stay with cars for kids here and remember mm-hmm. that this is rooted in, mm-hmm. in that. So Ura is not. Oop! I just think I turned my headphone off. Um, Ura, or, I'm sorry. Cars for kids does not funnel money into Cucumber Communications. Yeah. It's just a different, um, mm-hmm. legally distinct entity that raises money for Ura. Got, so while yeah. Rebetzins is under Ura, Kirby <laughs> Communication is like next to Ura, funneling money into it. Gotcha. I just thought it was worth mentioning because it's like fucking why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why? Um, and again, I bring this, all this up to just point out the fact that your cars for kids money, once it's donated is incredibly diluted into like a lot of different things. Right. And in the process of diluting that money, some of it gets lost. That's what I want you to hang on to Mm -hmm. while we're moving on. Um, I have no idea when to mention this, but the mascot, I need to talk about the mascot. The Ura mascot is a sentient $5 bill named Fiveish, who has his own song Five-ish? and dance. Fiveish? Fiveish. <laughs> he's got his own song and dance, and he's from that uncanny valley. He's, his eyes jut out too much. And it's oh. also Elia who mints his profile picture on all social media. Wait. I remember this part. Yeah. yeah. He's got his really own song eerie. and dance. Yeah. Look up Fiveish Ura. You're not going to be disappointed. Oh. <laughs> He's a man of many nightmares, a sentient dancing $5 bill. Hysterical. Anyways, what kind of hijinks did the lovely folks at URA find themselves in, which mm-hmm. is why we're here for the podcast? Yeah. Uh, let's start with the tuition thing. This is a game of 40 chess that gets funnier and funnier. Around 2002, URA decides to add to their portfolio of doing shit and decides to send the children of non-religious parents to Orthodox Jewish schools. Mm. I, it's unclear if non-religious means like non-religious Jews or just yeah. like general non-religious people. I think it means non-religious Jews to like convert them to Orthodox Judaism. Gotcha, gotcha. I think, but don't quote me on that. Curse for kids. Um, <laughs> the So in exchange for sending your kid to Orthodox Jewish school and like exposing them to that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. um, they will send your kid to school for free. So they'll pay for tuition for your kid. Gotcha. Um, which is, you know, it's a good cool. deal. Yeah, it's yeah. a good deal. I would do that. Why not? Um, around 2006, for reasons unbeknownst to me or the court, Ura falls behind on the payments, mm. which puts the school administrators in a tough position because they're like, well, the kids need to pay to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so they start asking the parents for money 
Uroc right. catches wind of this and is like, fucking no, don't do that. Because mm-hmm. like the deal was that we pay for them to go to school, yeah. not that their parents pay. And if their parents have to start paying, they'll take them out of school and that goes against our mission. Yeah. So they take it to rabbinical court. <laughs> 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 um, and I maybe I shouldn't be laughing about rabbinical court, but it's funny as hell. It's like, funny. I, I get three rabbis to yeah. like, do court for you. <laughs> um. And so the rabbinical court, this is a quote from Josh Nathan Kazis from a write-up and forward. The two sides took their dispute to a rabbinical court. The three rabbi panel found that URA owed the school funds for the 2006-2007 school year. So they you know, rule in favor of the schools. Yeah. I guess as part of the ruling, uh, this is alleged, um, was that the school was to not negatively talk about URA for the remainder of, I don't know, fucking ever. Okay. Like it was it's supposed to be a down low thing. Yeah. Ura pays. You guys don't say anything about it or about how they didn't pay. Um, unfortunately, Marvin Schick, president of the Rabbi Jacob Joseph School, wrote in a public newsletter, Ura's wrongdoing is the saddest episode in my more than 55 <laughs> years of devotion to Torah education. <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, that's not... <laughs> So Ura takes them back to non-rabbinical court yeah. to say that you, you know, a breach of contract from our rabbinical court thing, which would hold up in a non-rabbinical mm-hmm. court, um, saying that the school had a breach of contract. The school was like, no fucking way, and started a countersuit in Brooklyn for more than $300,000 of unpaid tuition. They were like, oh. fucking try it. <laughs> um, this is from the from a write-up of what happened in the court proceedings, quote, Fate claimed that, this is a person, F-E-I-T, Fate, claimed that the school had no choice but to educate the URA-sponsored children. He says, quote, expelling these children is simply not an option for us. <laughs> True, bestie. Yeah. <laughs> In his opening statement, URA's lawyer, Frederick Whitmer, countered that there was no further agreement between URA and the school after the 2006-2007 school year and that the charity had every right to cut off the payments. He says, quote, the reason we didn't pay the money is because we weren't obligated to. Ura lost the federal lawsuit <laughs> and had to pay over $300,000 in scholarships that were allegedly promised to the Jewish day school students. Oh. So that's a little bit of hijinks. Yeah. Um, Keep it, wait, when in the timeline is this? Like, is this? This is between 2002 and 2006, 2007. Mm, okay. That court thing happened in 2012. So gotcha. this had been sort of happening for years. Like, there were more students going there, and they yeah. were like, can we have our money, please? Right. Um, so, yeah, URA lost the you know, two or three hundred, or I'm sorry, the $300,000 in unpaid tuition. Mm-hmm. Lost, paid what they were allegedly yeah. supposed to pay. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so that's hijink number one. Right. <laughs> Is that the, the singular of hijinks? <laughs> hijink. <laughs> hijink. Singular. <laughs> um, let's talk about when they decided to stop paying county taxes in the wake of Hurricane <laughs> Irene. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a write-up by James Campbell in the Wall Street Journal. Also, from the skeleton thing that I told you, none of this appeared on it. So you're I was going to say, this real... is very, this is a lot more comprehensive mm-hmm. than I... Because I went crazy about this research. This has yeah. been in the works for a long time. Um, okay, so, quote James Campbell in the Wall Street Journal from April 15, 2012. URA Inc., which devi- derives most of its income from cars for kids, mm-hmm. has told officials that it wants to stop paying $306,000 a year in county, town, and school taxes... Um, in Schoharie County and the Catskill Mountains. Keep Schoharie in mind because they fucking hate URA. (laughs) They have (laughs) years-long beef with URA. Um, Local officials say that the loss would be a severe blow to budgets already strained as a result of damage sustained during Hurricane Irene. (laughs) 
While Ura has been granted federal nonprofit status, officials in Jefferson Township, one of the two towns where the camps are situated, mm-hmm. have hired lawyers and accountants to fight the tax effort on several grounds. They have to, in fact, satisfy the assessing authorities that the property is being used for tax-exempt charitable purposes, says Jefferson Supervisor Daniel Singlety. He said that Jefferson would be making a vigorous case to the county assessor that URA's application for nonprofit status be rejected. So they're like, even though you're a nonprofit, you're doing allegedly nonprofit things? Mm-hmm. No, you're not. Pay taxes. Yeah. <laughs> That's sort of their argument. Which is an oversimplification. If they heard this, they'd be like, no, it wasn't. (laughs) But that's what I'm saying it is. Um, URA um, is the town's biggest non-governmental taxpayer, and last year had contributed $208,399 to the budget. Um, And so the tussle centered... This is from the article. I didn't use the word tussle myself. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) that's a new word. (laughs) The tussle centers around two youth camps uh, that have an assessed market value of $11.1 million. In 2010, URA had 2.0. I'm sorry, I can read. In 2010, URA had 22.4 million in revenue, 19.5 million of which came from Cars for Kids. That same year, it spent 6.3 million on charitable programs, including 3.5 million on the youth camps. Um, so it spent 6.3 million on programs. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, Mr. Morsel, or Mr. Mosel, the spokesperson for URA, said that the remainder, roughly 14 million, was spent on capital improvement on the upstate camps and other facilities, which, quote, we believe will further the charitable mission. <laughs> and so um, I think the argument of the Jefferson County officials is that they're using a lot of the money to mm-hmm. improve the facilities, which is, you know, it has to do with the actual properties, and they should be taxed on the property they're improving yeah. because they're not doing enough of the non-profiting through right. it. Like, they're just spending it and making the buildings pretty. That's my stupid little understanding of the beef yeah. here. Um, but I could be wrong because I'm not an expert and I'm not a reporter. Well. Um, so don't quote me on it. So keep that in mind. Schoharie County does not like not URA. Like Let's talk about real estate speculation now. <laughs> I don't even know where the fuck to begin on this one. So, like Kirby Card and Cucumber Communications, URA has another method of raising money in an untraditional way for a nonprofit. That is real estate speculation. Uh, you're going to learn so much with me today. I'll explain to you. <laughs> real estate speculation, much like stock market speculation, involves yeah. buying a piece of land um, or a property when the value is really low, analyzing the market. And then you can resell it or, mm-hmm. or yeah. When, okay. it, when the price yeah. is high. Yeah. I know real estate speculation. <laughs> There's one thing you need to know about me. <laughs> I did my research. Oh, I'm so proud of you. If it appears on an episode of Succession, then oh, you'll be able to speak I'm there. on it. I'm there. <laughs> um, so, obviously the intricacies of like who owns the building, how much money you get over time, that's mm-hmm. sort of like the game, but that is the fundamental structure of real Understood. estate speculation. Um, in late 2012... Cars for, or, I'm sorry, URA was very loosely associated with what turned out to be a Ponzi scheme, and they were the victims of this Ponzi scheme, right? Um, I only bring this up. It's the, the connection between them and, oh, what's his name? Eliyahu Weinstein, who's now in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, they, like, oh. maybe bought one building from him. Yeah. But when you look this up, like, that's the story that comes up over and over again. Mm-hmm. I, this is just for the listener's reference. If you look that up, it's not really a lead that goes anywhere. Um, they weren't really involved. If anything, they were victimized by this Ponzi scheme. Um, you could argue like the judgment of the officials in URA is compromised because they would work with somebody kind of sketchy. But yeah. again, it was like maybe one building. I want to talk about other real estate speculation that's way funnier. <laughs> and, um, so let's talk. Reports. Fi- this is a quote from 
Another Josh Nathan Kazi's article in Forward, reports filed with the Office of the New York State Attorney General do not specify the names of the developers involved with the specific location of certain Cars for Kids projects. Mm-hmm. But by comparing descriptions with press accountants, it appears that at least two of the investments were made with a developer named Lieb Puritz. Reportedly the largest developer on Staten Island, Puritz is facing foreclosures and bankruptcies on a number of properties. <laughs> One Pertz development, a proposed 380,000 square foot outlet mall in Staten Island, defaulted on loans in 2008 and filed for bankruptcy in 2011. Ura and Cars for Kids had invested $2.5 million in the property, reflecting an 8% ownership share. <laughs> the property was foreclosed on in 2010. So that's a first failed real estate yeah. speculation where they fucked up. Ura also invested $3 million in a Staten Island hotel at a 29.58 ownership share that was foreclosed on in 2009. <laughs> The hotel appears to be another per its development, the Staten Island Hotel in Graniteville. Other bad real estate investments by Uran Cars for Kids included a $2.25 million investment in Jersey City, New Jersey, a high-rise that was foreclosed on in 2010, and a $500,000 development project in Jerusalem, also foreclosed on in 2010. Wow. So I wa- it's a lot of L's in one. <laughs> a lot of L's within a very short period of yeah. time. A lot of millions dollar L's. Mm-hmm. Like... I know when you're sort of reading these numbers, they sound abstract, but that's so much money. That's that could a lot be of money going to like children and kids the, to kids. Yeah, the kid, the specified the titular kids. kids. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hope that thread is not lost for the listeners that these yeah. numbers may be abstract, but like, my God, it's so much money to spend on real estate <laughs> speculation. Okay, so again, I'm still quoting from Josh Nathan Kazi's in 2012. These investments were made as a as part of a highly structured, diversified investment program designed with an eye towards our future program growth while maintaining a stable operational cash cash flow, an UR representative wrote in an email. He noted that many leading charities suffered significant losses in the wake of the 2008 economic crisis, which is, I would say, not the right take. No. <laughs> losing millions of dollars in several failed real estate projects. Like, I want to pause and say, that's not a normal way for a nonprofit to no. raise money. <laughs> it's not <laughs> real estate speculation. That is not a stable market. It's not how you do it. It's not. No. It's not stable. It's not like, I guess it's a, a diversification of your portfolio, but at what cost, yeah. sir? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's really, really funny that they keep doing it. I think Eliyahu Mintz just likes real estate speculation. Yeah. That's kind of my read of it, is that he likes it. He gets a fix it. out of it, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I'm glad he's pursuing his dreams. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I, you said he's in. Is he the one that ended up in? No, two Eliyahu's in the story. Oh my god! Eliyahu Weinstein is the Ponzi scheme like, guy who was I feel in like prison. we just skipped over that, but I got confused. <laughs> well, I guess both Eliyahu's do, in fact, enjoy real estate, mm-hmm. uh, but well, one of them enjoys scamming people out of real estate yeah. stuff. I think Eliyahu Mintz just enjoys losing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm sorry, Eliyahu. <laughs> <laughs> he's listening to this. Yeah, yeah, honestly, what if he was? He probably is. Um. So that is that on it. So Eliyahu Weinstein in prison, Ponzi scheme. Eliyahu mm-hmm. Mintz. As far as I know, good guy. Yeah. Who runs Just Cars likes Ura. doing just, this, yeah. <laughs> just doing bizarre ways. Just likes to be on the edge. Um, here's another write-up from Matthew McKibben in the Daily Gazette in 2014. Mm-hmm. Ura Inc. purchased former Scotch Valley Ski Resort and D-Run Condominium <laughs> Complex back in 2009 and filed papers with a town seeking to be declared wholly exempt from property taxes due to its nonprofit status. So again, that's like the same thing coming up. Yeah. It's like, we're not going to pay taxes. We're a nonprofit. Um, since URA filed its suit, it has not paid any taxes to the town. Rivka Kirwan, a spokesperson for the organization, said that that amounts to roughly $545,000 in unpaid taxes. <laughs> the property consists of three parcels. You don't care. I don't know why I put that in here. <laughs> um, so that is circling back. I believe this is also in Schoharie County. I think this is all part of the same story. 
Um, so, yes. It is, once again, trying to get out of paying property taxes yeah. for a shit ton of real estate that it's buying. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah. The um, court ruled in favor of URA, saying you don't have to pay taxes. Um, and the, this is a quote from URA's attorney, John Privatera. The town of Jefferson was illegally trying to impair the charitable mission of URA in developing the property. This landmark decision affirms the values we've chosen as a society to not take donated dollars from a charity in the form of property taxes. <laughs> So they hate property taxes. It's really funny. Um, So my read on all this is that URA is proactive and aggressive on its fundraising methods, Mm -hmm. which is in no way illegal. It's just silly and weird. (laughs) um, Really, the least charitable reading you could give to it is that, like, they're not spending enough money uh, on the children that they're promising to help. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's the least charitable you could get with it. Instead, real estate speculation seems to be, again, a fucking hobby of Eliyahu Mintz, and he's not afraid to pursue his passions. (laughs) But what happens when a property he bought is already occupied by another Jewish organization? Oh. This part you know about a little bit. Um, To answer that question, we have to restart the podcast again. (laughs) And this time we're going to talk about Congregation URA. Which is a legally distinct entity from URA. So once again, this is the Boston Business Bureau. I'm Christian Borky. Congregation URA, again a legally distinct venture from URA, is a religious organization that holds worship for Orthodox Jews, allegedly. Yeah. Why would Eliyahu Mintz need a separate organization that is explicitly religious to be under the wing of URA? Keep that question in mind. Here's the main tea on Congregation URA. In 2007 they agreed to pay off the mortgage for a building on behalf of a struggling religious group called Young Israel of Eltonville. In return, allegedly, Young Israel was was to sign over the title to the property, and per the agreement, Young Israel was allowed to keep conducting business as usual. Like, they could keep holding their services, Congregation URA could also use the building for whatever. Yeah. That's the agreement. Um, The agreement was made by this dude, Sidney Stadler, um, on behalf of Young Israel, and nobody nobody wanted it. (laughs) Just him. <laughs> so oh, no. for years they're like, we don't want Congregation Ura in this building. This right. is our building. Why does Congregation Ura own it? So they all argue that the um, agreement to sell the building was invalid because the board didn't agree on it. It was mm. just Stadler. It was just him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Honestly, him vibing. He was just going. He's <laughs> going. Living crazy. his best life. Living his best yeah. life. Just <laughs> yeah. Um, so. At one point, a dispute arose over who gets to use the building and eventually wound up in arbitration. Um, once again, Young Israel disagrees with this arbitration because one of the arbiters on the panel was Rabbi Chaim Mintz, <laughs> Eliyahu's dad. <laughs> Dog, this is... <laughs> Imagine going to arbitration and your dad's on the yeah, panel. Yeah, <laughs> right. Dad. <laughs> dad, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> Father, I'm sorry. Mr. <laughs> Mintz. <laughs> Um, so tensions continue between the groups leading to a lawsuit in 2016. Uh-huh. More litigation. Where This is the bread and butter of this fucking podcast. Um, the main tension was that most of the people from Young Israel of Eltonville disagreed with the one dude who decided to sell to mm-hmm. the building. Um, also, this is more tension. They had never seen Congregation Ura hold a single fucking service in the building in the 10 plus years they were supposed to. Ooh. So here is their argument from the 2016 court case. Quote, the benefit to Congregation Ura of ob- obtaining tax-exempt status as a religious organization is that it would not have to file an annual tax return. 
Solomon Rubin wrote this in an affirmation filed in the New York State Supreme Court on October 13th. By having a related entity that does not have to file public taxes, the respondents could put more questionable financial dealings through an entity that would not be subject to the same public scrutiny. Mm. The argument being, if you're a religious organization, you don't have to file a public form 990. Yeah. So you can put whatever money you want in there. Um, and you don't have to explain where the money went. <laughs> Wow. And in 2019, oh shit, I didn't write it down. It's something like they gave $239,000 to Congregation URA. Like URA gave it to Congregation URA. Um, <laughs> and there's just no explanation of where that money went. Yeah. Um, they do host, to Congregation URA's credit, they do host like a children's uh, Sunday school, I think. It's a, a very young children's school that I mm-hmm. believe only happens like once a week. Okay. Which, to be fair, is, I guess, religious. And yeah. I mean, they do it. It's not like they don't do it. (laughs) But they have never held a single service. Right. That's the the issue here. (laughs) Um, Which is honestly bold and brave that they didn't even hire an actor to try. That's That's what I would have done. (laughs) (laughs) And just pretend nobody comes. Yeah. Like hire an actor to stand there. I don't know what's funnier, that or just not doing it at all. Like (laughs) The audacity of not doing it at all is honestly so brave and cool. So, again, this is just their argument. This is not necessarily what happened. That is, again, just like young Israel's um, reading of the situation. Yeah. And so I think for legal reasons, I have to say that that's not exactly what you can't confirm or deny it. It's alleged. Mm. Um, Young Israel won the lawsuit and retains the right to the buildings, uh, to the building. um, And Congregation Ura does, in fact, still exist. They just don't have the fucking building. Um, So anyway. That's an interesting take on some of these strategies employed by the folks at URA to make, raise, and keep money in places. So, (laughs) um, where do I even go? So, I want to circle back to the programming that URA proper does. Mm -hmm. The reason why we are all donating to Cars for Kids. It's for the programming, it's for Rebetzins, it's for whatever. Yeah. It seems like the summer camps are really fucking fun. From everything I've been able to tell, (laughs) they... (laughs) <laughs> they had a parody of um, Shania Twain's Man, I Feel Like a Woman that's on their public YouTube <laughs> that's called Man, I Feel Like a Chiller because it's called The Chill Zone. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's really dumb. <laughs> um, there's horseback riding. There's <laughs> there's a video where they're learning how to shoot handguns. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bunch of like, 10-year-old Jewish boys just Guns. like shooting a Glock. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> It is like they have, you know, this the proper headgear, but it is yeah. really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the camps seem like really fun. There, there's you no, get to shoot guns. You, like you get to <laughs> shoot guns and ride a horse. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing. Um, and while there have been a few isolated incidents of like, literally, I was found, able to find two creeps who have found their way into the camps. That is not a structural issue with the camps. That's, yeah. Creeps will find a way. It'll just be like that. Yeah. You know? it, especially with an organization of this scale, like a right, creep will right. find a way in. Okay. So it seems like the camps are really fun and awesome. Yeah. And for, I've tried, you know, to be like, <laughs> <laughs> chill zone camp, bad. <laughs> and have not been able to find any evidence that the camp is in fact mm-hmm. toxic or bad. It's confirmed chill. Confirmed the chill zone. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is really funny, though, is that during the coronavirus pandemic, they did not shut down the camps. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because they're really fun. Right. <laughs> COVID doesn't exist at these camps. No, it doesn't. No. Um, and so they run the camps again in Schaharie County, yeah. which is the county that fucking hates them. Right. 
And so Schoharie County officials were like, you're still running these camps and having like events. We're going to send somebody to yeah. see if it's COVID compliant, which obviously it fucking wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Ura <laughs> has filed a lawsuit against Schoharie County. And this is, <laughs> this is, I'm going to quote extensively from this stupid little thing, uh, from their complaint. So they start off by saying Ura has been subject to hostility and discrimination by oh. the Schoharie County in attempts to thwart their explicitly religious mission. So that's like their main argument. Yeah. Um, but here, it's so fucking funny. This, host- this is a quote. This hostility rose to a crescendo in 2020 when defendants Schoharie County and Amy Gildemeister, the county's director of public health, exploited the COVID-19 pandemic to shut down Ura's operations completely in an illegal, premeditated, and arbitrary and discriminatory manner. Based on the barest unproven allegations of COVID-19 regulation and code violations, and in the absence of any confirmed case of COVID-19 at either UR facility, which doesn't matter, the defendants, or either of them, engaged in repeated inspections of the properties, chased young Jewish children around the camps, (laughs) making them cry, (laughs) issued cease and desist orders, demanded fines of $65,000, and placarded the camps, closing them down for family and holy day retreats. In undergoing all of the foregoing actions, the defendants violated various due processes, due process requirements under New York law, blah, 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 blah. So, <laughs> chasing young Jewish children around and making them cry, <laughs> making them cry. is the funniest thing to ever put in a court document and be serious. <laughs> I believe this is still pending litigation. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Yeah. But their argument also is that, like, the Schoharie County wasn't checking other summer camps. Like, they mm-hmm. were only focusing on Ura yeah. ones, which it is the biggest one, I will say. So I, I yeah. would say it's a little valid. I think Schoharie County is valid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, man, is that funny. That's... <laughs> um, so let's circle back. In June of 2020, this is completely unrelated, and this mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the story, but I'm going to say it anyway. In June of 2020, the Girl Zone camp was subject to a large fire. Nobody got hurt. Nobody mm-hmm. died. In June of 2021, several boys and men aged 18 to 21 were carbon monoxide poisoned, which makes me think that the issue That's that caused the fire is, is related. probably still there. Yeah. <laughs> so this is just a tip for the Chill Zone people. I think you need to check your buildings yeah. because you put a lot of money into those things. <laughs> it seems like there's an issue. And again, all the boys are fine. Yeah. Apparently. Like also, the girl zone? Did I yeah, you hear did that hear, right? There is, in fact, a girl zone and a boy zone. Yeah. <laughs> and a chill zone. I was going to say, there's the girl zone and then there's the chill zone. They do not, <laughs> those for are the some two, reason, overlap. In fact, three genders. Girl, boy, chill. Chill. Yeah. <laughs> I think the chill zone is the co-ed camp. Don't mm. quote me on this, though. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, but again, these camps seem really fun. I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, circling back, maybe. Um, so this is where your cars for kids money is going. <laughs> when you zone. donate a car, it's going to the chill zone to set a boy on fire. <laughs> Make him cry. <laughs> Make him cry. Um, so. I didn't even know when to mention this, but it's going to be now. You can donate to Cars for Kids through DonateAutos.com, DonateCars.com, ScrapCar.org, or ToeGForTots.org, all of which lead to different websites. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> they all, like, they don't reroute to Cars for Kids, yeah. which would be... The main. The, that's I like. I could understand why you'd want these domains right. to like lead back to your website. But they go to different. Websites. They go to completely different websites with different aesthetics. <laughs> 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 like somebody tried really hard. 
Um, what the hell? There's also a different nonprofit called Joy for Our Youth that is mm-hmm. the same, like functionally the same as URA, mm-hmm. but I, I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> but there's like eight different fucking things. Um, so it's just really funny. It seems, I don't even know what conclusion to take out of all of that. Yeah. Other than the fundraising practices employed by URA and I guess by extension cards for kids are silly, mm-hmm. fun, <laughs> over the top. And I don't know if they betray a knowledge of somebody who only learned websites in 2002, but it kind of seems like it's somebody who only learned websites in 2002. Because Cards for Kids was made in 1995, and again, mm. has been like a fundraising juggernaut since then. Yeah. Um, and that website's really updated, like, in, in, in fact, incredibly updated. Yeah. But the other ones, I think they maybe didn't expect Cards for Kids to blow up so much, and so they right. just kept the other ones, all thinking that it'd be sort of a similar thing. Wow. Anyways, um... This podcast is not to accuse anybody of, um, you know, money laundering. Well. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not implying it, but I think sometimes when people report on it, that's the implication they get out of it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because it is a lot of different dilutions of your money in a silly way, Mm -hmm. which again, couldn't, it could not be money laundering. It could just be like somebody who is weird. at what they're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, just is not up to date on websites. (laughs) It'd be so funny if it wasn't money laundering. <laughs> like we're just I honestly tired. believe it's just as likely to be not money yeah, laundering just as like, it is. No, we're just doing it weird. I don't <laughs> you know, we're just a weird guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I hit the table. Sorry about that, <laughs> listeners. Um so to close it out, I want to return to Wendy Kerwan, um, the Cars for Kids Director of Public Relations, who told Billboard in twenty sixteen Newer people join the media team and when they're first exposed to the level of hatred on Twitter for the Cars for Kids jingle. Right. They'll be like, are you sure you think this is a good idea that we should keep playing this? <laughs> and we've looked at it time and time again, and we've come to the conclusion that it's definitely worth sticking with. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's Cars for Kids. That's Cars for Kids. How are you feeling? I'm feeling a lot more uh, overwhelmed than I did the first time you explained this. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. That really, the thing is, it's still very relevant. Like, Mm -hmm. I see, they're still doing what they're doing. Like, the billboards are just as all over the place as they've ever been. Mm -hmm. So, that's what's weird about this, is that it's currently going down. Yeah. It's not like a thing of the past. I just want to see where it goes. And, like, I can just tell there's, like, a crash coming Mm. with this it's just it, it doesn't work lot, it's a lot of irons in the fire that i have no idea yeah. how specifically eliyahu mins keeps up with uncontrollable it is he he i mean i'm saying must be he is quite smart yeah. <laughs> like, he clearly knows well. what he's doing <laughs> i mean like people everybody knows what cars for kids is mm-hmm. and nobody knows the true nature of cars for kids which is not to say that it's deceptive it's yeah. saying like, that's effective <laughs> like people will donate because they know yeah. about your thing it and all comes down to the advertising, really. They literally, just, yeah. <laughs> they didn't like go out to this with like a target demographic. Mm-hmm. They were just like anybody, <laughs> just <laughs> plaster it everywhere. Which is so genius because yeah. like, it is a numbers game, and they're right. winning the numbers game. <laughs> they're making so much money. Um, wow. Yeah, that is. Do you have any questions? Oh, it's okay man, if you don't. I don't have any questions. It's I'm not an assignment. Honest. It was yeah, just a question. I'm just. <laughs> 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 Do you have any? final thoughts on 
Um, <laughs> you know, I... This have, feels like a passion project for you. Absolutely. Like, I've seen it evolve into where it's at right now. You know, I was on set for your movie. Um, do it, like, in the takes that I wasn't in, I would just be doing Cars for Kids research. And I... <laughs> I've never seen it synthesized in any sort of way. So it's yeah. like a lot of disparate articles and local news mm-hmm. sources. So it was difficult to put this together. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the only way this could end is them reaching out to you and like hearing this. Yeah. And see where that takes you. Which, again, I want to say, <laughs> I, I have a sympathetic view of Cars for Kids. Right. This is not a it's hit It's not like a, yeah, it's definitely kids. not a hit piece. Yeah. So. It's just, damn, y'all are funny. <laughs> <laughs> Great bit. Yeah. <laughs> Great bit. Keep it up. Yeah. Really no expensive notes. bit. <laughs> so nice. that is my takeaway on Cars for Kids. Do you have any pluggables you want to hit before we leave? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm on YouTube of, at Karsten Runquist. Uh, that's that's about it, I would say. You don't have any other projects? You not nothing. I mean, oh. I know I have several a- <laughs> projects of yours that I could plug for you. Well, okay. <laughs> I, okay, two things. I have a podcast myself called Cars Cast where we talk about movies but don't talk about movies. That's kind of the gist. Oh, fun. We- <laughs> um, and I have a short film coming out that you're actually in called <laughs> Dirt Bag about a guy trying to get rid of a bag of dirt. Is and that going to be a public thing? Or yeah, it'll be a public thing amazing. eventually. So. That's so exciting. Yeah. Wow. That's, those are the two things to plug. All right. Well, you can follow this podcast at Busted Biz Bureau. <laughs> Finally made the social media. Um, and follow the Lincoln Lodge on all social medias yeah. because that is who produced this podcast. Um, donate your money to Lincoln Lodge. We're building a podcast studio. It's pretty cool. Um, and, oh, shit. There was something else I wanted to say. No. Um, follow me. On, <laughs> follow, don't follow my social media. Just follow the podcast. Please don't follow me. <laughs> Especially if you're one of Carson's fans, don't follow me. I've, don't, I've please. denied so many of no. you. Have <laughs> you really? I'm not even like a, a cookie tier friend. Yeah. And yet. People know cookie. Pe- people know cookie. And yet I still get like some disparate follow requests. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so follow Busted Biz Bureau. I'll gladly have you there. Nice. Um, okay. Well, that's Thanks it. Thanks for uh, having me. Of course. I hope to have you back soon. Of course. Okay. See you later. Bye.